Hey everybody, welcome back to the Source One podcast and part two of my conversation with Gravitas Detroit founder and president Jan Griffiths. In this episode, the exec and moderator and I discuss the methods businesses can employ to take a more effective and empathetic approach to leadership. Enjoy. So you talk about that need for control that tends to permeate the business world. What else has to change? What other conventional wisdom do leaders need to learn to abandon for, uh, for us to see a more positive change and a new kind of leadership um, become the norm? Trust, obviously, is one. And uh, empathy is another. All the traditional tenets of emotional intelligence Many years ago, we would refer to these things as soft skills. And that's a term that drives me crazy. They are not soft skills. Maybe that's what we called them in the past. They are the skills that are very much needed for us to embrace technology and embrace innovation and inspire the workforce of the future. I'm interested in in returning to the idea of fear and overcoming fear. How do you recommend a leader do this? Is the only option to just try and fail and try again? How do you recommend they go about facing those fears? Step one is self-awareness and being open and being vulnerable. A good leader is vulnerable and shows that in their behavior. And I'll give you an example. Uh, in my previous position, I had uh, I made a mistake And I knew I'd made a mistake. And my whole team was around me. And the the first thing I did was to admit to what had happened. And that the decision I made was clearly not the best decision. And I fell on the sword in front of my entire team. So now they, they understand that it's okay to make a mistake. That they don't need to fear making a mistake or or a misstep. And then it's the leader's responsibility to support and help guide and coach the team onto the next path. Part of why there's so much work still to be done and part of what makes skills like empathy and emotional intelligence so valuable is that they're considered to be A, particularly hard to come by and B, particularly difficult to teach. How can organizations start to, to train to these skills or better identify them in candidates? First of all, recognize the importance of those skills. There's no cookie cutter approach to this. It is first and foremost to make sure that the leader of the organization is committed to it and is able to articulate the purpose and the leadership model, and then to employ a coach or leadership development person or somebody that can come in and help that team on on very much on a team basis, but also on an individual basis to get there. And quite frankly, that's that's the mission of Gravitas Detroit. It's to help companies get there. So it's been slow going, and obviously there's a lot of work to be done, but there is progress going on. You know, these conversations around feelings and vulnerability are happening. You know, I credit avenues like social media or podcasting with getting people to be you know, more comfortable with this kind of conversation. Do changes in the personal sphere give you hope for changes in the professional sphere? Do you think people will start taking these conversations into the office? Yes, I think that the lines between our personal lives and professional lives are blurred. There's no question about it. And I think that you know people want a different work experience. People want a life experience. Work is just a part of it. 
there was once a time when we all devoted you know, practically every moment we had to our work because that's how we we achieved the next level and, and that's how we progressed. But that's not what the the younger generation coming in the workforce, that's it's not what they're about. They they want a life experience and work is a part of that. And they people want the ability to make it work, to make their personal lives and their professional lives work together on their terms. And that's that's a huge switch to the models that we've seen in the past. What is the simplest step toward a more empathetic workplace culture? What's something even the most inert, set in its ways business uh, can do? It's the psychology. It is to, first of all, to recognize that as a leader in any business, in any setting, it is such an awesome responsibility that you are influencing somebody's life. You are influencing how they feel about their work, which will influence how they feel when they leave. You are influencing their paycheck, which directly impacts their life at home. And to, to really understand what this, this power is, it's a very simple thing, awareness of leadership. And if everybody did that, then that would be one step forward to creating a very different, more empathetic, more collaborative leadership model. Right. I think it all returns to that idea of purpose. You know, if you see yourself as the boss just because you're the boss, you're certainly not inspiring your team. And even you personally, I would imagine, would feel sort of unfulfilled. Right? Jack Walsh put something out on LinkedIn recently, and he says that the CEO of a company is the chief meaning officer. And that is so very, very true, is we can put together numbers all day long. But it's how you connect as a person to those numbers or to that work product. What that really means to you will determine where you take that work product. And if it's just a set of numbers, it's just a set of numbers. And then technology can take over. But it is the human element that will drive that work product into whether it's innovation, technology, business growth. And that's why the human factor is more important now than ever before. Well, Jan, thanks for taking the time today, and I look forward to continuing this conversation in Houston this April. Thank you, Bennett. Thanks again for listening to the Source One podcast. We'll see you in Houston.